Yeah, it really was like March 13th, and me and Carol were texting back and forth, because I was supposed to go on, I'm a work with, in the school system, I was supposed to go on spring break, and I was trying to find a sub, and we were struggling, and so, and then we just never had class again, so we, we were way like, it made, I was really worried about it, I thought, I didn't worried about finding a sub, I should have been worried about like this global pandemic headed our way, but, um, so I'm glad to be here, um, and we're going to study um, Ephesians and Galatians over the next few months, and somebody asked me why I chose Ephesians and Galatians, and I don't really know why. Um, I, I, when Carol asked me to, to teach, I started praying. I just said, God, give me something to teach. I don't know what to teach on, and uh, the Ephesians and Galatians just kept coming to me. So I said, all right, well, I'm going to honor you, and we're going to um, teach Ephesians and Galatians, and I think I figured out why. So, does anybody know anything about the book of Ephesians or Ephesus? Where, anything about Ephesians? What do y'all know about it coming into it? Because I didn't know much. Anything. Well, good. Then that means this is going to be a great class. So, a lot of Ephesians is neat because, um, you know, it's a, letter Paul, it's a letter that Paul writes to this new church. A lot of our New Testament books are those Paul letters. And I love Paul. Like, I think, I guess that's an understatement. Like, I think Paul just did amazing things for the church, obviously, and those letters that he wrote were just so impactful back then, but they're just as impactful today. And that's what I kind of love about Paul's letters. They're just, um, hey, it's the Williams. I love those guys. Um, did you, have y'all been coming to this class, or did you come because I'm going to be here? Nice, man. When y'all get a chance to meet the Williams, they're awesome. So um, I love it because those letters are so applicable today as they were back then. I think there's something special about that. So the the letter to Ephesians is is a great one. But before we do it, I'm gonna get y'all talking a little bit. So I like to have conversation or you know people responding. And I always say this like I'm really comfortable with uncomfortable silence, like more comfortable than any of y'all. So I can sit quiet and it doesn't bother me. Um, But when I was preparing for this class today, this kept coming to me. Like it kept talking about like, why do we even have church? Like Paul's writing this letter to this this church that's a new church. um, And I can't say it like it's in a... If Ephesus, is that how you say it? Somebody who's a Bible person. Like I always just say Ephesians, but the, the city where they're at, is in Asia, right? And it's not a very, they didn't have Christianity there. Like there was a lot of, I always say this, it'd be the last place you would have thought Christianity would have taken hold. And, and yet, Paul's writing to this young church that really is thriving. And they say this letter that he writes to this church, to this small group, is really like a circle letter or a circular letter, meaning it was meant to be passed around to the churches nearby. So, so it's a very important letter. But, but the, the whole time I'm, I was preparing for this, this question kept coming to me. So I want to hear what you guys have to say. What's the importance of, of church? Why do we even have church? Like, and when I say church, I mean this and, and that and, and, and going to MT316 and not necessarily the building, but the church. Like, what's the, what's the point of the church? It's the best way to start off a new week. Say that one more time. It's a, a great way to start off a new week. Okay. That's, that's one. Go ahead, sir. Well, why would someone go to a school if not to find uh, like-minded people okay. who are qualified in a community 
So looking at like a school, like you, you're choosing to be with people that you know are, are like-minded, right? And, and maybe are on the same life path as you. Good. What else? Why else? Let me ask you this. Is it important to be a part of a church? Like to be, and let's, let's not think about it like through this building, but is it part, important, how important is it to be a part of a church family? And is it important to be a part of a church family? that's what I love about small groups and things like that like I have a small group which is people that I would never hang out that sounds bad I, I hang out with anybody but like people I would you wouldn't I wouldn't think like okay if I was gonna go pick those people I want to spend a, four hours with a week I'm gonna pick this family this family and this family but our group comes together, and, and I love my small group. I, I thought about this. So you guys are all, like, in that 20, 18 to, like, probably 26. I don't know. Maybe a little older than that. But you're in a, in a good age group. Um, so you probably went. Did any of y'all go to Winterfest back in the day? Any of y'all grew up going to Winterfest? Where's your hand if you went to Winterfest? Only a few of y'all. Like, I love Winterfest. I didn't grow up a Christian, but I became a Christian as a young adult, and I started going to Winterfest with youth groups. I love Winterfest, but I remember a conversation I had with Jeff Walling. Does anybody know Jeff Walling? Like, he's just a little goofy guy that does a great job teaching teenagers. And he's made this comment. He said, and this was eight years ago, so y'all would have been probably, what would you have been, eight, young man, what would you have been in eight years ago? Would you have been in school? Uh, yeah. You would have been what? I would have been like 11. 11. Wow. <laughs> young lady, how old would you have been eight years ago? Okay, I won't pick on you. You, how old would you have been 11 years ago, or 8 years ago? 18. So, y'all would have been the age group he was talking about, all y'all. Jeff said this, he said, in five years there's going to be no need for the church for, for our youth. Now, he didn't say that's a good thing, he was going to say, he said, they won't think there is because of this. Why do they need to go to church? They can wake up and pull up a podcast with some of the greatest speakers online, right? Like you can listen to whoever you want to, podcasts, whatever. Pull up Spotify and you can have, you know, worship music going on. Or you could, you know, just go ahead and get on Instagram or whatever y'all do and have community there. And he was like, that's my fear is this, this next generation is going to feel like there's no need for a church family because they'll get those needs met everywhere. Now, I don't think that's happened. But why do you think it's not good to, to just have a church family like that, like an online church family? Or is it okay? Any thoughts about that? Nobody holds you accountable? <coughs> do y'all have those people that hold you accountable? I do, in the church. Heck, one of them's right there. Why? If I had something, you know, if I was doing something I shouldn't, that guy would call me, right? So accountability is good. And I think. There's something important about having family. You know, I, I don't know any of y'all very well, but you're my church family. If any of y'all called me, I got your back, right? Like, truly, I do. And I feel like you guys probably are that way for each other. I read a, 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 a meme or whatever, and it said, I don't know how somebody could survive life without a church family. And I really think that's true. Like, I think a church family is huge. And I've learned a lot about church through the pandemic. Has anybody else 
have y'all had any like brainstorms about church through the pandemic? Anything that you realized about your church family? Mm-hmm. You kind of did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all miss people from... Go ahead, sir. It is. It is. That's a good statement right there. It really is. Uh, and and I, I think there's a lot of it. Like, I think as a church, as a... As a you know, Christianity, we've done a good job during this pandemic of continuing on because we have to, you had to do something. But I tell you, I remember like four weeks into it, the fourth time we had online church and I was like, and David was preaching, he does a great job. Who can't, who doesn't love David? I remember thinking, man, this just doesn't feel the same. I hope this doesn't go on much longer. You know, that was like four times into it. And, and, and I just found myself on Sunday mornings and I didn't really, like I've never been, I'm not, I'm not a morning person, right? Like, I've never been one anytime. Like, we could be at Disney World, and you wake up at 8 o'clock, and I'm going to be grumpy for the first 30 minutes. That is, like, my thorn in my side, right? I'm terrible in mornings. Ask my wife. Like, she will straight up be like, just give them space. And it's terrible. I'm ashamed of it, but it's okay. But, uh, so, I'm not a morning person. So, Sunday mornings, I never jump up just like, yeah, because I don't jump up like that anytime. But I was waking up on Sunday mornings just kind of depressed, like, man, what's wrong? And I couldn't figure it out. And it's because I missed those interactions. I missed, like, hugging my buddy who sees me. When I, like, we were making a joke right before the pandemic, like, we're going to start hugging each other because that's what the Bible says. Like, I miss those hugs. I miss just, you know, seeing, um, um, why can't I think of David Young's wife? Um, Julie. Every time I see Julie in church, at some point in church, she looks at me and she gives me a smile and a wink. Like, I didn't realize how important that was. Like, those kind of things are what I mean. So I think the church family we're seeing through this pandemic is super important. And it's just going to be something that kind of rings true throughout the book of Ephesians. So let's jump into it. Um, anything else before I, we kind of go into the, the actual reading of Ephesians? No. Good. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, when I read about this, uh, I, it, it reminds me, I wouldn't say at all like our country, but it, it's a very, like, thriving area that is, has a lot of different beliefs, I guess is the best way to say it. And we'll kind of get into that. Um, so, Paul wrote this letter, the, the letter to Ephesians. He writes it in 62 A.D. So, so 62 A.D. He writes it literally from a prison. Like, this is one of those letters that Paul writes in a prison. So, I just want to pause and say this. How powerful is our Bible? Like, we literally are reading a letter that was written on, who knows what he wrote it on in some nasty jail in, in, in Rome. And here we are still having this, this document that's just like leading us today. Like, I think that's powerful. But anyways, unpause. So he writes it while he's in a, in a jail. And he, 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 he kind of talks about 
how they need to kind of grow as a church. But we know that Paul didn't just write this letter to Ephesians. So Paul could have wrote, you write a letter to a, a group, and, and if they don't know you do, you, do you listen to that? I mean, if somebody's giving you advice and you, they haven't earned you listening to their advice, do y'all typically listen to it? I don't. I'll just be honest. Do you guys, Wyatt, do you? No. Paul earned the, the ability to, to kind of give this advice for this reason. We're going to read, and I'm going to read in Acts 19 real quick. So if you want to turn to Acts 19, if not, I'm a good reader. You'll be fine. So the audience that he's talking to in this letter that we're going to explore shortly, he spent two years with this group. He goes there, and he spends two years. And so here's just a section of it, Paul, or Acts 19, 1. And it says, And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. Ephesus. I cannot say that word. It's one of those speech impediment things. I don't know why. Then he found some disciples, and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No. We have not heard that there is the Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him. And that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. <clears throat> so basically, this is just a snapshot into Paul spending time with this group. For two years, he... he um, I like the way this, the, that this person wrote it. I'm going to read it what it says. For two years the disciples observed Paul's daily reasoning about the kingdom of God and the teaching of the scriptures. Do y'all think that's an interesting way to put it, the daily reasoning? I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it sounded good. Um, the ministry resulted in the gospel witness spreading through the Roman province of Asia. The message of Christ reached the dark arts and wor worshiping Artemis. So the area he was at, a lot of them had, like, worship dark arts, and they worshiped this person, Artemis. Um, but those people were listening to the daily reasoning of Paul, and they eventually started to, to believe. And when I hear this, when you guys hear, like, the, the dark arts, what does that make you think? Does it make you think anything? Harry Potter? You love Harry Potter, huh? Where's, who is Artemis? Do y'all know? And here's one thing I love about the college class. I'm going to be real. Like the college class, y'all are typically smarter than me, and I'm okay with that when it comes to like biblical stuff. So probably you have deeper knowledge than me. So share it. Anybody know anything about Artemis in that time? I bet there's somebody in here who does. See? That dude. He's the smart one. What about him? The Greek god of wisdom? Is it Apollos' sister? Okay. So goddess of wisdom. Okay. That's interesting. What does this make you think? Does this make you, do you have any connections with, when you hear about this kind of stuff with today's time, is there any connections? Because I feel connections. Like, I hear connections, but I don't know if you guys do. Worshiping people that seem wise and successful. Worshiping, you know, David Young's been talking about idols, you know, worshiping idols and whatnot. Um, and, and in our country, you know, the one thing that stood out to me is I can always say, like, money's not an idol. Like, I say that now. I used to say money was an idol. But David taught us that last week. But 
We worship a lot of idols in our, in our country. I believe we do. And, but here's what I think about. Like, do you guys ever feel hopeless about our future? Or, or have uh, not a lot of hope in our future? I, I do. I, you don't have to answer that. I do. Like, I look out sometimes, and, and I, as a dad of, of three children, I have a lot of fear about what their future is going to be like. About what it's going to be like when it comes to like them trying to be strong Christians growing up in this world. I, I have fear with that. And so I think, man, it's hopeless. Like, I want to take my children and run to an island in, like, I don't know, somewhere, and where I can just kind of surround them with only good things, right? Because I think about the world I'm about to send my kids off into, the world that you guys live in on a daily basis, right? And it's a little fearful for, like, an 8-year-old what her life's going to be like. So I read about this, and I think Paul went to an area, a Roman city in Asia that is following the dark arts and following Artemis and all this craziness, there's no way that Christianity is going to take hold, right? Like, that's the hardest place for, for, for Christianity to grow, yet, yet he writes this letter two years later to this church that's actually doing really well and hopefully is expanding into other areas. So there's always hope. Um, so, any questions before I jump in? Any thoughts? Any whatever? All right. So, like I said, he wrote his, 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 this book while he was imprisoned. But let's just go ahead and jump into it. Let's read some of Ephesians. So, we're going to turn to Ephesians 1, 1 through 14. And we're going to just read it as a group. Or not as a group. Read it together. So, do I got somebody that enjoys reading... You want to read, young man? No, you don't have anything, do you? You got a Bible app in there? You mind reading for me? Start with just one through two, if you would. All right, so, so Paul writes this letter to start. Like, he's writing this letter, and he says... I'm writing this letter as an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Um, and, he, and he's big on, like, giving them grace and worshiping them grace. Why do you think this congregation might need grace and peace from, from God? Why do you think it's important to start it off saying, hey, I'm just wishing you grace and peace. Why do you think that might be important? Why do you think he started the letter off the way he did? Sure. Anything else? And, and this, this letter is actually a lot different. Like, sometimes when I read Paul's letters, I feel like he's, and I'm a school principal, for those of you who don't know, I feel like he's kind of the school principal. Like, he's kind of like, listen, you've been doing this and this and this and this and, you know. This letter is not like the school principal. Like, this is more like a friend. But I think he starts it off because when I think of, like, a group that might need grace, like, these are people that, that years, a couple years ago may have been worshiping Artemis or something different and now they're trying to follow Christ we can't imagine that they just went and just completely became perfect right and they just so probably they need a little bit of grace probably they're still figuring it out what it's like to be a follower of Christ probably no not probably they're still figuring it out what it's like to be a follower of Christ so they probably deserve a little bit of grace if anybody does um, any other thoughts on that buddy you good still reading 
Do you mind? All right, do three through ten if you would. Thank you. All right, so in one through four, I feel like, well, he starts off by blessed be, like he's blessing these people, like blessed be, like here's some blessings. And he lists some spiritual um, blessings in like that four through six. Um, what are some of those blessings you, you read in there, and, and what do you think those mean? Like he gives you some blessings that he's kind of putting on the people. What do you see in there? And I hear words like, you know, when he gets into it, like, hey, even as he chose us, he predestined us. Like, what? A, that, that sounds encouraging. Like, he predestined us. And, and then this, the, when he says, um, for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. Like, that always rings really loud to me for multiple reasons. But uh, that, that would make me feel good as a, as a young believer, right? Like, he's, he wants to adopt us into him. You know, like, that's huge. Um, things like learning about redemption through his blood and 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 there's so much blessing in there so so here's what i say with the letter this is why i wanted to spend a little bit of time in the intro it does sound a little bit like how a principal would like hey we always started off with a lot of positives and it starts off with a lot of positives and i think that's important right why is that important in this letter or is it important yeah i mean how many of you were bad in school anybody Anybody want to admit it? I was bad in school, and now I'm a school principal. It's weird. Like, I was super troublemaker. But I can remember anytime my mom went to a parent-teacher conference, this is what the teachers would say. Like, I had teachers that liked me, but they would always be like, well, he just really enjoys talking to everybody. And that was their kind of nice way of being like, your son won't shut up, and he's making it impossible to teach, right? Or they may say, like, well, he's, he's, he's friends with everybody, you know, like, he's really good at making friends. And really, that was her way of being like, Get, can, your son is bad. Like, I can't teach. But you started off with a little bit of like, hey, how's it going? Before you kind of get in there. You know, so I think it's just kind of a, a normal thing. But yes, you're right. If we're going to bring some funk, we've got to start it off positive. Any other thoughts before we move on? All right. Let me pull this back up. You've been stuck in school for decades. You never got out. I never did. And I'm about to go back and get my doctorate, so what, what am I doing to myself? Nah. Um, so, let me see if I got this, if this question still makes sense to me. He talks a lot about earthly, and now nah, I'm going to skip that one. I'm going to skip that one. Um, yeah. Give me one second, because my, my whole screen just went crazy on me. This is why I should have printed it. Oh, no. There it is. Back there. Okay. So, um, you know, and another important thing about this is, is these people were considered Gentiles, right? And, and he, made, he wanted to make sure they knew that they were, it didn't matter. Like, they were a part of, of, the, of, of what he wanted. Like, he, he wanted to kind of eliminate that Gentile, you know, you're not as good as the Jewish people. And so he did it, um, and, and it was strong. All right. Now, let's continue reading. We got just a few more chapters, and uh, I'm going to pick a new reader. Young man right there, you're a good reader too. Hey, will you just go ahead and finish this off, okay? 15 through 23. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, 
having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the work, working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. You did, yeah, you did it perfect. So, so... Many people kind of consider this like a prayer of blessing, 17 through 23, right? Um, so, so I think it's important, like, it's 10.03, so here's where we're at. I don't want to jump into to what I want to do because it's going to take all next week, so if I start it now. But I think 17 through 23 is kind of like a prayer for, for this church, a prayer of blessings for our church. And, and I think when I read it, it made me kind of think like, all right, God, this is what I started asking myself. And this may be so out of, out of touch, but it didn't. I said, reveal to me what I can do for my church and what more I can do for my church. Um, because here's the whole idea of, of, of church. And, and this is kind of like an intro to a young church. But when I think of it as a church, we're here to, to bless the world, right? Like our goal is to, to season the world around us. And, and that's what I'm big on. You know, I've, I've told this, this story of, uh, have I ever told, told y'all the story of the boat in Alaska, the people I knew in Alaska, and y'all have heard that story? It's a good one. I'm going to tell you real quick. This is what I don't want to be, okay? So I used to live in Alaska, and I knew commercial fishermen, tons of them. Commercial fishermen in Alaska are tough dudes. Like, I put them up pound for pound to any other job in the world. Like, they're going to take people down. And they're kind of not the best behaved people but in Alaska there was a, a um, they're always trying to bring people up from the lower 48 they say to come work in the summertime you come work a job and on a boat you make good money and then you go home right so I remember reading a story about a guy that moved to Alaska it was a guy that was going to school in Oregon not where I went to school I don't know what school it was somebody said they had an OSU connection he was going to school in Oregon and he w decided he was going to go up to Alaska and work on a commercial fisherman boat and make a lot of money. You make 10 grand in a month, you know. So right before he did it, he was talking to the guy who hooked him up with a job. And the guy was like, listen, just be ready. Like, this is a tough group. Like, they were, a, this guy, they had gone to a small, you know, Christian school together. Hey, this is a tough group. Like, just be ready. Like, they're not going to be easy on you. They cuss. They may make fun of you for being a Christian. He's like, it's okay. I got it. I got it. So this guy goes to Alaska, right? He spends three months on a boat in Alaska. Probably learned a whole lot. Probably good and bad. Ends up going back <coughs> to Oregon with like $20,000. So he gets back to Oregon and the guy, his friend's like, hey, let's, tell me about it. What was it like? He's like, oh, it's great. He's like, all right, tell me a little bit more. He's like, I love those guys. Like, we had a great time. We had a blast. Okay, he's like, did they, did they give you a hard time for what you believed? No. In fact, they didn't even know I was a Christian. He was like, what do you mean? He was like, they didn't even know I was a Christian. It was great. We didn't have any hard times. He's like, okay. So, you know, time goes by and whatnot. And uh, <laughs> a year later, the guy gets a, gets a call. The boat he had been on crashed, right? And uh, two of the people died. And, and this guy realized 
I spent three months on that boat, and they didn't even know I was a Christian. And now two of those guys are dead. And, and I think that's sometimes how we are, you know, in this world. Like, hey, I'm going to go on this group of friends, and they don't even know I'm a Christian. It's easy, right? Like, I, I get away with whatever. And when I go to this group, like, I can, I can kind of blend in. They don't, she don't even know I'm a Christian. It's good. She don't make fun of me. I, I know y'all know I'm a Christian. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but the idea is this. As that guy spent three months living in the closest quarters you possibly can. It's a true story. A guy who went up to Alaska. The next year the boat got hit. Um, hit something in the water. Sunk. Two of the people made it into a life vest. Two of, our lifeboat, two of them didn't. Um, and he realized... I lived with those people in as close quarters as you possibly could. I loved those people, and they loved me, but I didn't bring the most important thing I could to them, and now I've lost them. And I feel like that's kind of, like, sometimes I get cheesy, but I kind of feel like that's how this world is. Like, I kind of feel like we're on this boat together, y'all. And right now, like, it's rocky and windy and choppy, and, and the, the waves are, like, really big in my eyes. I don't know if y'all ever feel that way, but even more now, like, with the pandemic, I feel like our boat is just rocked. Um, but kind of like that guy, I think sometimes we go through this, this journey, and we can be hand-in-hand hand with people. We can work daily with people. We could have close friends, and they don't know the most important part of us, right? And so... When I hear this and when I read this, I, I think about that story. And, and I know this is kind of, may feel like it was all over the place, but, but I think about that. Like I think about the church of, in Ephesians, and, and it was a group of, of young believers who were in this world that was just dark. Like the, the, the definition of, of that place is dark, in my opinion. And, and, and they did the opposite. Instead of blending in, Instead of making sure they survived, because y'all know Rome wasn't that kind on Christianity back then, right? Instead of making sure they survived, they wanted to, to be the seasoning in, in that area. And, and they, they became a strong church that grew in that entire region because of it. And, and I think about that in today's standpoints a lot of times of like, there's times where I feel like, holy cow, is our country going to make it? Like, is Christianity going to survive in our country? Do I need to be louder in our country about what I believe, or do I need to be more loving? And try? I don't know. But what I do know is that I'm not going to sit on this boat and love people and, and daily be in, in contact with people and have friends without them knowing what the most important thing is in my life, right? And so... Um, as you think about it, and as we kind of close out, Ephesians, this young church, like, let's start asking, kind of like what Paul is about to ask them, what more can we do for the church? Like, what can we do for the church? Like, you guys are, are, you guys are a cool age. And I always say this, like, the, the old high school, I don't know about young high school yet, I haven't figured them out yet, but the old high school kids to, like, People that are just now graduating with college give me so much hope for our, for our future. They do. Y'all do. Because I feel like you guys don't want to be on the boat and just ignore it. And as hard as it is, like it's harder and harder. I can't imagine being college age right now. Because it's probably a lot like 
living in this Ephesians. Like you got these people that are that have so many different idols and and, and fortunately I, I'm pretty I got it pretty made. I'm married to my best friend who's a follower who we have similar beliefs. Every day that's who I spend my time with. I got three kids who love God and talk about Jesus. In fact, my daughter Violet made a giant poster this morning of Jesus. Like that's all she does is make posters of Jesus. So I'm pretty I got it pretty good. Like I'm insulated. But I do work like think about y'all a lot like Make sure you are a church family together, because if not, it's too hard to do it. So, any thoughts before I close? I feel like I just kind of went all over the place, and I apologize if I did, but it is what it is. got to listen. <laughs> any thoughts before we close out? All right. Let's, let's say a prayer, and uh, you guys have a good week, and appreciate y'all. So, bow your heads if you would. Father God, we thank you so much for today, God. We just thank you for... Um, our church family, God, I just pray your, your blessings over North Boulevard and, and just the church in general, God. I pray that we can uh, be a group that just, just seasons this world with love, Father, and that we can uh, create other believers just by the way we love each other and, and treat each other in them, God. I just pray for these young people as they go out this week. I pray you just... Um, Keep them safe, God. I pray you, you just encourage them, God. And I pray that you give them opportunities just to share something about you with someone. God, it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Class is over at 1015, right? Perfect. Thank you all.